0: All right, so uh, the podcast today, you yeah, have well, a lot of good stuff on it. Uh kind of blew my lid a couple of times. You did. You had uh, no, no self-control, which yeah. is... Uh, well, no, I mean... It's like how you are around cookies. Well, okay, yes, you were okay. right, but uh, cookies don't piss me off like the Republicans. <laughs> no, so that's really, lack of cookies that yeah, pisses so off gr- like that. Great podcast brought to you by Relief Factor. Um, if you are in pain, get out of pain. Oh, easy for you to say. Yeah, I know, I know. I know I was in pain for a long time almost you know I got to a place where I said to my wife I don't think I can do this show very much longer and she said I know it sucks and I said no <laughs> <laughs> that's what she said it's because I'm in pain she said yeah yeah whatever take some relief factor and so I did I didn't think it would work it tells you take as directed three weeks try their three-week quick start it's 1995 take it for three weeks as directed if you see no results it's probably not going to work for you you see any results? Keep taking it. 70% of the people that order order more month after month. Why? Because they're like me and probably a lot like me. I didn't think it would work for me. It does. Relieffactor.com. Relieffactor.com. Feel the difference. Here's the podcast. You're listening to
1: The Best of the Glenn Beck Program.
0: Uh, our good friend one of the very few in Washington Chip Roy hello Chip how are you
2: doing great Glenn how are you
0: Uh, I'd like a plan you know I'd like the Republicans to have a plan I'd like them to succeed from time to time Uh, you know this this, um, vote today with Jim Jordan looks like uh, I mean it looks close at least but close. If we were playing hand grenades, would count. But we're not playing hand grenades. Is is? Tell me the situation
2: in Washington. Well, I, I see what you did there with the horseshoes uh, and hand grenades reference. The uh, <laughs> look. <laughs> um, Look, let me just first try say, like us to have a plan. I agree with you. Uh, Glenn, look, I, I have a plan. Uh, a number of us have a plan in terms of what we believe we ought to be doing to constrain spending, use the appropriations process to stop what's going on here with the abuse of our liberties and a you know, tyrannical government to secure the border. We passed a bill to do that. I mean, everybody needs to remember, so we're not always in despair. We passed the best border bill we've ever passed. That took an enormous amount of work. Now we've got to do something with it. That's the whole point. We've got to stand strong. Stop giving a blank check to Ukraine, all those things. We do have a plan to try to wrestle this government back from a tyrannical president. But now the question is how we're going to do it and how much we get Republicans to do the right thing. And remember, 10 years ago today, or give or take today, 10 years ago this month, we just ended the uh, Obamacare shutdown when I was Ted Cruz's chief of staff. We were meeting in the basement of Tortilla Coast, a little rump group of 10 members of Congress and Ted Cruz. Now we have the Freedom Caucus. It's been formed. Jim Jordan helped form it. Donald Trump has come into the White House and shaken up this town. We've had an enormous change in that you would do? you can you imagine if 10 years ago we'd have said jim jordan might become speaker of the house
0: no no no. this is a i mean the upside is very very good i'm not concerned about your plan or you know some that i support in in washington i i'm very concerned about those whose plan includes hey you know what maybe we can get a real moderate to you know uh team up with the democrats and then we could rule together oh my gosh
2: Well, so, Glenn, yes, some of that rhetoric is crazy. Now, a lot of it's overstated, right? I mean, I had a conversation with one of my colleagues, I'm not going to name, who's one of the few. uh, And he was upset because he said, people are out there saying, I'm going to go cut a deal for Hakeem Jeffries. He's like, I'm never going to do that. He's a socialist. He's crazy. So a lot of that is overstated. We'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. Um, Our perspective is we'll go to the floor. Jim's been working it all weekend. I was working it all weekend. I was calling colleagues. We were working to figure out a plan and work, you know, work through it. We'll see what happens right now. The numbers are somewhere between five and 10. I think you never know how the dynamic plays on the floor, but once you have to cast your vote, look, I've been there. <laughs> Remember? Once you have to cast your vote, there's a lot of eyes of the world on you. There's a lot of mm-hmm. pressure. So you've got to have a reason. Like we had a reason we wanted to change this place. Kevin, to his credit, helped us change this place, just not as fast and as far, frankly, as we needed to go. So we've moved the ball forward. Now let's figure out how to get the right coach in there now to finish the job or the right quarterback, whatever, you know, analogy you want to use. Right. And so we'll see what happens on the floor today. I think it's going to be somewhere around 8 to 10-ish in the first round, and then we're going to have to pull off and go talk to those individuals and try to get them over the hump. And that's just where we are right now. And we're, this is all being laid bare before the world and the, and the American people that the, the battle for the soul of this country isn't just red shirt, blue shirt. It's really inside the Republican Party where we're trying to change the Republican Party to be a party that is fighting for the hardworking American against this town. For too long, this party has been too much of this town. This is a hard effort. And we're going around the clock trying to do it. I'm actually amazed we've taken it as far as we have. I am too. You and I both just are watching the country burning to the ground. And we're like, guys, there's no more time. Get the extinguishers and let's get busy rebuilding. So that's where you and I are. That's where the bulk of the Republican Party is moving towards. But we've got we got to get 200 and, you know, sufficient number, 217 plus, in order to get there.
0: Okay. So let me go over the list of some people that are on the fence and tell me, or unless you know some names that could use some uh, nice urging from their constituents today, who who would benefit from that?
2: Well, let me let me first stipulate this and bear me bear out for a second. I have worked with some colleagues over the last three days to move the needle, and I and I said, look, I am not going to get into the personal finger pointed game at least until we get to the floor. Now, once you vote, then it's on you. You're going to have to own the vote. So I'm trying to be a little careful me personally right. between now and today at noon, because you can imagine there's a lot of personal engagement with individuals to get them over the hump. So but I will what I will tell you is there's a lot of public lists that are pretty darn accurate in terms of the call it five, six, seven. I saw a list today of about seven that are, you know, the ones that have publicly been saying that, hey, they're going to vote for Kevin McCarthy or they're going to vote, uh, you know, for Steve Scalise. Or they're going to vote for someone else. And it's mostly wrapped around being frustrated that Kevin got deposed uh, by just eight individuals.
0: Get over and it. Plus
2: Democrats. And, and some are frustrated because they thought Scalise should be next man up. And, you know, that didn't happen for a variety of reasons. And some of them are just mad at Matt Gates and those that, that pulled the motion of AK. And I've just <sighs> told them, I said, look, you got to get over that, right? That's not what this is about. What this is about is right now unifying in order to go beat Democrats. We have one year to the election. We've got to go fight right now to make sure that whatever we do for Israel is very focused, targeted, paid for, and is not used to go be an excuse for Ukraine. We've got to go right now, make sure that we go fight to secure the border. We've got to go right now, make sure that they're not going to do a blank check to Ukraine. We've got to go right now, fight, to hold spending in check and hold this administration accountable. There are a thousand things for us to be focusing on. And internecine party skirmishes is not one of them. This is a tough thing. Let's get there and let's go unite for the American people. That is my message right now between now and people voting. Now, once people vote, they got to answer for it. They got to explain why. And it ain't good enough to say, I don't like Matt Gaetz and I'm mad. You got to have a reason. What is your reason? What are you doing? Why is Jim Jordan not the guy right now to help us unite to beat Democrats? That's the question we should be asking every single member who does not vote for Jim at, you know, whatever it's going to be, noon Eastern.
0: Okay. Um, I'd love to have you on, like, some, one of my social medias or something after the vote, because I'm finished at noon Eastern time. Happy, happy uh, to do it. You know. Uh, okay, good. I'll have somebody reach out. We'll set it up. if You know, then, then, then their votes are on their own heads, and uh, let's mobilize people. Absolutely.
2: Uh, and, and, and Glenn, we'll, we'll be happy to do it and talk about it. And uh, look, everybody out there, though, I can tell you this. Call your member of Congress and make sure they're supporting Jim Jordan. Light up the phones all day today uh, and 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 make sure that your voices are heard.
0: OK, heard. thank you, Chip. I appreciate it. We'll talk you again soon. God bless you. One of the good guys. Uh, and there's lots of them. There are. There are actually more than ever. I mean, think of this. This if Jim Jordan gets in today, this is. The, everybody said the Tea Party was dead. Everybody said the, you know, Constitution constitutionalist was dead. And they, the Republicans have done everything to kill it. But think of this. Having Jim Jordan as the Speaker of the House, what could get done? What could get done, America? This is not politics as usual. And if it becomes that, then we hold Jim Jordan's feet to the fire. But this is not politics
1: as usual. This is a game changing opportunity. And I will say, what he can get done is limited, right? He's just, they just have the House. They don't have the Senate. They don't have the. Correct. The, but at but, least the House would be moving things uh, forward. Number one, yes. Number two, one of the things they can do are these investigations. And I don't know that there is a better person on the investigation part of this than that you would want in control than Jim Jordan. Yes. I mean, he is the guy who's going to be a junkyard dog going after every little bit of this. And, and that means
0: you can shut the money off for the uh, the FBI. You can shut the money off for um, the IRS. If, if you have the house, you at least have a, a fight. You at least have a, a horse in the game. You know, w- without that, you got nothing. And I'm sick and tired of the, you know, oh yeah, we're gonna do this as soon as we get the house, the Senate, and the White House. No, do something with what you have. Do something. That's how you get. You know, at least in my business, if somebody has something and they're doing and they're they have the least amount of stuff, but all of a sudden they're doing incredible stuff. I then give them more resources to do more. What we do, we have a bunch of people that are like, yeah, I need those resources before I can do anything. That's not the way the world works now. Okay, it's not. You show me what you can do, and then I'll give you a few more resources. Then show me what you can do, and then I'll give you a few more resources. Enough of this. Call your house member today. Make sure they're voting for Jim Jordan. This is historic if it happens. Absolutely historic. And it will change everything. And Gates, you will have played Russian roulette, but neither of us got our head blown off. And the country <laughs> lives to fight another day. And God bless you.
1: <laughs> it's a great analogy. Maybe not the best party game, but hey, if you no. both survive, if, well, great, great. Maybe things are going to be better. And I'm They fine. would be better with Jordan. They I think. would be. Um, by the way, one of the congressmen that we mentioned at the beginning of the show, um, uh, it is Siskamani uh, from New York. He uh, is a yes on Jim Jordan. So this just happened as we were Good. doing uh, talking this hour. He was a uh a a, no. undecided. undecided. He was undecided. He was one of the people that had not announced. He said he was going to announce Wednesday morning. True to his word, he did, and he has announced that he will vote for Jim Jordan. Good. Now, I'm looking, I've looked at it. Can we do a little nerd math here first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so 435 people in Congress, mm-hmm. right, normally. There are two vacant seats. You're at 433. Um, you have to then subtract the people that are not going to be there for whatever reason. There's one guy that I know of who's going to be at a funeral. So that's at 432, You've got also some present votes that if someone votes present, it's going to change the math a little bit. But still, this still means as of right now, he needs to get to 217. That number could change to 216 or 215, depending on what goes on with the present Mm -hmm. votes or who shows up today. Um, Right now, uh, 221 Republicans. Uh, Now, one of them is at a funeral today so you're at 220 really oh my gosh you can only use three uh you can, uh, he can lose, lose three. three now he can't he'll be back so if if they were that close they could revote, and he would vote on the right side he wouldn't get through in the first vote but you can really only lose three or, f- or you know four let's just say is the is the probably the real number long term there seems to be about seven who are saying no no like and i mean you know some of them will say, well, I'm going to meet with them today and we'll see if something changes, stuff like that. But they are saying outwardly they are a no. There are another four to six that look like they're saying they're leaning no, but they or they're, they won't say anything about how they're going to vote before the vote. Um, but some of those are gettable. Like and I'll give you an example of this. Victoria Sparks, who we've had on the show, who's really, really good. She's very frustrated with the process and how this has worked. I get it. So am I. So, and so, so, and I, it's an understandable. Now you know, uh, Ms. Sparts, She's not the type that's just going to be won over. She's, you know, very, very strong on stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? She's very principled, and she believes the principle here is problem. What she's saying publicly, however, is if they, if Jordan does not have the votes, she's going to vote present. Okay. Now why? anyway go ahead we don't have time go ahead the point being though see that seems to say if he does have the votes there's a chance she's going to vote for him what her problem is just on how they basically you know gone about this process she's not against jordan as a person um so you think in the situation where we've got a speaker of the house jordan on the line she might come along i mean these are people that aren't necessarily definite notes this is the best of the Glenn Beck program, and we really want to thank you for listening. In a small village
0: in Poland during World War II, there was a woman, a nurse, named Irina Sendler. She had soft eyes and a calm demeanor, but she had the heart of a giant and a lion, and she risked absolutely everything she had her priorities in the right order if you know her story let me tell you just a little bit more perhaps some things you didn't know risking everything this woman by herself got papers that allowed her to enter the warsaw ghetto the ghetto was a prison In every single way except by name. It was just a walled off section of the cities. They walled it off. The Nazis forced all of the Jews, the undesirables, to live behind it out of sight and out of mind. Irina saw beyond the bricks and mortar. To her, these people, the children, were never out of sight or mind. How many of us today say, I don't have time. I don't want to get involved. That was the case back then. But the consequences were much higher than they are now. If people had just done little risky things, you know, paid more attention to what was really going on and stood against little things, perhaps Irina wouldn't have had to do this. But she acquired the forged papers and they allowed her to enter the ghetto, not to inspect sanitary conditions, as her badge claimed. Her job was to smuggle out children. It was a daily daring operation of hope. Every time she entered, she walked on the razor's edge. Her heart raced knowing that. The weight of her secret could be her undoing. And every time she entered, that was harrowing enough. But it was her exit every day. That was the real danger. Every day, she'd go into the ghetto and she'd find a way to smuggle a child or two out. She would smuggle them out in a toolbox. In a bag. Sometime sometimes beneath a tram or an ambulance. She carefully selected a network. And she managed to save 2,500 children from certain death, one child at a time. Imagine. But as she walked out of the ghetto, each time she was carrying a child, she carried more with her. Each time she left the ghetto, her pockets were full of tiny little mementos of the desperate parents. A photo, or a locket, or a scribbled note. The final messages to the world. Placed in the trusting hands of a stranger. She kept all of those hidden in a place she only knew about. The Gestapo eventually caught wind of her deeds. There was rumors of an angel that was helping, and they were too loud to be ignored. You see, evil has its plans, and it will go after every angel because every angel disrupts its chaos, its evil, and its mission, in this case, to liquidate every Jew on earth. They found the angel. The Gestapo captured and tortured her. They needed her to talk. They needed her secrets. How? Who? Why? They broke her legs. They broke her feet. Even under intense pain, she never revealed the identities of the children she saved or any of the collaborators. She never revealed any of the secrets she held personally. Oh, had they only known just that one secret, how different things might have been. Her friends, believe it or not, managed to bribe her way out of her execution. They get her out. They heal broken legs, broken feet. They get her off the gallows only to see her then after she's been healed to continue her work under a different name. We can't relate to it here like they can over in Europe. Communities never really healed. We're much more like children In America, we're much more trusting of our neighbors and our government because we've never had it really turn on us before. We've never until recently had neighbors actually spy on one another and turn each other in. It wasn't until covid. Those scars. Are left on Europe. They were left on Irina. Physical and deep within her soul. Post-war Poland tried to move on, but now the communists were in. And the memories lingered like an unending winter. Irina was celebrated by many, but she kept her most profound secret locked away. It wasn't until later when a tattered old diary surfaced. Its pages were yellowed with time. It wasn't her diary. It actually belonged to a, a child that she had kept hidden as she rescued others and hid others. The pages were filled with sketches of the tiny attic hideout. It's full of nightmares and dreams of freedoms. You can almost hear in reading it the hushed lullabies sung in the dark, feel the cold. Gusts through the attic floorboards and the sense of the unspoken understanding between the two lives in this diary intertwined in a web of secrets and sacrifices and unsung heroics. The world really knows of one girl's little diary. Maybe we've forgotten about the other girl's diary or perhaps we were never taught about this little girl. The stories she told on those pages of her diary didn't happen in Amsterdam. They happened in Warsaw. The diary just chronicled the harrowing tales of a little girl watching her mother leave night after night, not knowing if mom would ever return. It's the tale of a young girl watching her mother disappear nightly. Her mom was Irina Sendler, the nurse. Unbeknownst to anyone else, these two shared their peril, their most guarded secret. In her bid to th- save thousands, Irina was also racing against time to save her own daughter from the jaws of death. Nobody knew, but Irina herself was Jewish, and she was hiding in plain sight. All of those years, she wasn't just saving the children of others. She also knew the importance of keeping her own heritage, her own daughter, and at that time, the importance of keeping it secret. In the pages of that diary are all the trinkets and the photos and the lockets of hair, The silent promises from parents to children. Each item a desperate plea. Remember me. Today, strangely, once again, the world stands on the
2: threshold
0: of insanity. And we can still see the truth. It's just right behind us. And we teeter on the edge. Are we going to step across this threshold or are we going to turn around and close this door? Will we actually listen to those cries, those pleas that have been silenced for so long? Remember me. Most people don't even remember her name. Most people are long forgotten, and we memorize the names of great generals and battles and dates, but we really don't know their story. Her story is not really, her name is not really important. Her story is what matters. Her story is what will inspire others. There's no big statue of Irina. There's just a simple tree now planted in her honor in Jerusalem that bears the testament to a life dedicated to standing up and just doing the next right thing. Never again is now. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. All right. Father Calvin Robinson, an Anglican uh, deacon, is here to answer, What the heck happened to Great Britain? Oh, my goodness. I wish I knew. In fact, I do know. (laughs) How are you? Very well. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me on. You bet. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. It's a mess. So, um gb news explain for anybody that doesn't know what gb news great great britain news uh and it is a a, an independent voice the premise of gb news was it was supposed to provide some kind of alternative
3: perspective in england so we've got sky news we've got the bbc we've got a number of state broadcasters channel four and they all sing from the same hymn sheet it's a metropolitan liberal elite bubble Mm -hmm. it's our westminster bubble Mm -hmm. our press and our politicians all live in the same area and talk the same talk but the vast majority of the country Do not think like that. Correct. And there's a silent majority that
0: felt left behind. And so um, GB News was started how long ago? Almost two years now. Two years. Just coming up to two years, yeah. And you guys do great work. Really great work. Thank you.
3: And what happened? They've gone mainstream, unfortunately. Uh, This is the problem. If you try to offer an alternative perspective in England, you'll get clamped down upon. So we had, everyone was after us. You know, the left, the liberals were after us because we were coming from a A lot of us were coming from a centre-right perspective, even though we have to show balance in the UK. So every single conversation we have, we have to have someone from the left and someone from the right.
0: Oh, is that why
3: it's so obnoxious? So I could say, I believe this, but other people believe that. You can never just say, this is my opinion, this is what I think. Because our broadcaster, uh, our broadcast regulator, Ofcom, clamped down heavily on due impartiality and balance. So we had that angle. We had the advertisers pulling out. If ever we mentioned anything, you know, the sanctity of life, for example, um, the sanctity of marriage being between one man and one woman, anything as controversial and outrageous as that, the advertisers would pull out. So on the one hand, we're trying to have balance in what we say. On the other hand, we've got to kind of feed the crocodile and make sure that the advertisers pay us. And then there's the woke mob, and the woke mob has been gunning for us since day one. And the woke mob isn't just the the lefty liberals, it's also the other broadcasters. You know, people on the BBC and Sky were saying, close the whole thing down. We don't want any competition. It is
0: crazy. It yeah, is. Yeah. It is. It's unbelievable how many people are afraid of other people's opinions. Right. Well, they don't want a free press either, which is astounding to me. A broadcaster should
3: experience a breadth of diversity of thought and sure. opinion. It should be a good thing. Right. But they're like, no, close those down. They're not part of, they call it the broadcast ecology. Oh, okay. God uh so you were fired uh at gp yeah the, i mean the brief synopsis of that story is that my friend lawrence fox said on air something inappropriate about a woman uh because she's a misandrist she's a man-hating a fourth-wave feminist and he was saying who'd want to have a relationship with someone like that someone who clearly hates men but wait that was it i don't know if i can use the word he said on air okay no probably you have right? different so standards talking around it me too. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> He used an inappropriate word against her, but it's a word that she's used many times against men. And he was trying to say, this is a broader conversation here, because the conversation was about men's mental health. The biggest killer in men under the age of 50 in the UK is suicide. Like We have a serious men's mental health problem. And we were talking about
0: this yesterday. If this kind of suicide, if this was anything else, anything else, it would be called an epidemic. And... All of these resources would be unleashed to stop this, figure out what's going on. But Glenn,
3: men are what at the cares? bottom of the intersectionality ladder, especially yeah, white men, all the way at the bottom. So there's no help provided. So wait a minute. Your friend was so, the one who said this. Right. So she had a conversation first. This this, this female commentator had a conversation uh, with someone who was saying we need a men's minister. So in our country, we have a women's minister in our parliament that looks after women's issues. Mm-hmm. He was saying we need a men's minister, too, because men have particular issues and concerns that yes. they need addressing. Either we don't have either, or we have both. Mm-hmm. And she said, no, we don't need a men's minister. Men are, men are the problem, men are the oppressors. Women have mental health issues too. It's all, what about you? What about you? And essentially, my friend Lawrence Fox was asked to comment on this situation. And he said, look, she, people like her are the problem. Men hating, fourth-wave feminists. Who'd want to be with a person like that? Used an inappropriate word, one that wasn't illegal, but I would say is probably immoral. Mm. Should have been chastised for it, should have been reprimanded for it. But he was suspended, and the host of the show that he was on was also suspended for providing, well, not providing enough challenge. And I said, we cannot call ourselves the home of free speech and then cancel someone for saying something (laughs) that we find (laughs) offensive. And then I got suspended.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good. It's just it's shocking. It's good. Um, I've, I've read some stuff that you have talked about, and I've got a lot to talk to you about, but one of them is I was just over in, in London, and it, uh, it, it's just dead inside, mm. you know? Mm. Uh, it uh, is also uh, not Great Britain that no. it used to be. If you look at the Palestinian... Uh, oh, don't. It's a se- London is a separate country at this point. It is.
3: I can walk around London for half an hour and not hear a single English accent, or yeah. possibly even the English language. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the demographics English people are in a minority in our capital city.
0: And that is a little frightening because of what's happening this week with the Palestinians. Uh, You know, it's happening here in the United States as well. I have no problem if you're for the Palestinians, but uh, not if you are for the killing of innocents and not through war, but planned executions of walking into people's houses and just killing the whole family. Hamas is a proscribed terrorist organization in our country.
3: And we have people out on the streets waving the Palestinian flag, supporting Hamas for what they're doing, for for the kidnapping, the rape and murder of civilians, and babies, for goodness sake, because they hate the Jews so much. This is the dividing line in our country. It It is the Muslims versus the Jews. It's those who support Israel versus those who support the Mohammedans, unfortunately you know out here you seem to have a different picture abortion seems to be the line where you can you can determine if someone's on the right or left of politics Mm -hmm. in our country it's where do you stand with the Mohammedans versus the Jews
0: so is it about Israel um, or or is it about I mean because I think it's not enough to be for Israel you have to be for the right of the Jewish people to live Mm -hmm. and there that that seems to separate yeah. uh people uh, throughout history you know people will be oh no i'm for israel i'm for sure i'm for israel yeah. but they're not necessarily for the jews right to live right right
3: well, this is the problem. I mean, if you look at the entire area of the Middle East, Israel is surrounded by hostile states. It's Islamic states all the way around, and all they want to do is live in peace in the center of that, right. that hellhole. Right. And of course they have to defend themselves. And the moment they do, people say, oh, you're oppressing us, you're persecuting us. But I'm not saying there isn't nuance in this conversation. There's plenty of nuance to be had. On my show, I've talked about the persecution of Christians in Israel recently, mm-hmm. and that is ramping up mm-hmm. uh, by both sides, by the Muslim, by the Arabs and the Jews. Mm-hmm. So that needs to be addressed but
0: does not stop the Jewish people having a right to live. Do you have a problem? Because I mean, um, Israel, I, I, I know the chief rabbi of the holy places and his job is to oversee uh, Muslim, uh, Jewish, Christian holy places and make sure that they are all protected. Good, okay, good. That's his job. Yeah. Um, however, I don't have a problem with the Jewish people having a, a jewish state yeah. now it's not but i i don't have a problem with that do you i mean if if that's what they want to do they can they can do that now when they start executing people like saudi arabia or you know iran oh then i have a problem with it but if you're saying look this is a home for jews yeah i don't have a problem well that is the only Jewish state. We have plenty
3: of Christian states, Correct. plenty of Islamic states. That's the only Jewish state there is. Right. And I think it's important to have a state religion because it sets out the values for that country. It says, this is what we believe as a people. This is who we are. And it's the foundation of your culture. You have to have a set of values and principles that people subscribe
0: to. So our founders thought the exact opposite. Ab-
3: no, that's not true, is no, it? No, no, no.
0: A state religion. Yeah. They, they, We are a Judeo-Christian country but But, we don't have a state let's go back to before you were a country though
3: every single state that was set up in the united states was founded on a christian setting their constitutions were explicitly christian whether it was you know presbyterian pentecostal anglican catholic all of the states were christian the problem was when they came together and when they stopped being these united states and became the united
0: states I'm no, no, no. I, the the problem came. Our founders were were deeply. Um, they knew that this country will fail if we ever lose our underpinnings yes. of God. Yes. What they didn't want was no offense. The Anglican Church. They didn't want no, one no. church no. that was ruling everything.
3: I agree, but it became implicit in your in your Constitution of the United States. God is implicit in the Christian. Yeah, oh, yeah. The Christian God is implicit. Correct. If it's not explicit, it's not protected. That's the problem. And. If we look all around the world in Christian countries, everyone's right to freedom of worship is protected.
0: But in countries that aren't Christian, you don't have that same freedom. Correct. Correct. So I, I saw in um, in one of the articles you wrote. Uh, I mean, you guys, you guys are in more trouble than we are, and we're in a lot of trouble. <laughs> um, the number of abortions is about two hundred thousand per yeah. year. Yeah. Right. The number of marriages in Great Britain. Also about 200,000 a year. Abortions going up, marriage going down. That doesn't sound good. We're killing the family, quite literally. We're
3: killing ourselves off. The birth rate in the UK is down to 1.4. It might be even less than that now. So we're not even replacing ourselves. A mother and father isn't having two children. And we are being outbred by people that do not like our culture and do not like our religion and do not like necessarily our state. So it's not a good place that we're in. We need to encourage families, we need to encourage marriage, we need to encourage fathers in particular. Fatherlessness is a massive all-time high in our country. And we see the statistics show us that if a family breaks down before a child reaches the age of 18, they're twice as likely to end up homeless, twice as likely to end up failing school, and twice as likely to end up in prison or some kind of crime.
0: It it benefits society to have two parents. Father Calvin Robinson, he's an Anglican deacon. um, And we're just talking about the state of the Western world this is happening and we are um i mean we're we're committing suicide we're committing suicide uh and nobody seems to care and the churches are completely silent yeah what do we do if they're not silent they're worse
3: than that they're complicit yes right this is the problem in the church of england at the moment there's a conversation being had about how they can implement same-sex blessings so essentially
0: Approve of gay marriage? That's the same thing the Pope is doing now with his synod. He's like same sex same sex marriage blessings. Not the same, but it is. No, we're blessing the people, not the union. We're
3: it's legalistic nonsense. It's pharisaical pharisaical is what it is. And you can't ask God to bless what He has called abhorrent. So what? What do we do to fight this? Well, I think it has to be from the ground up. It has to be the laity. It has to be the, the faithful masses have to say, no, this is not okay, because the leaders are captured. The liberals have taken over the Western church, and we see that everywhere from America to Canada to Australia, and New Zealand, and England. Everywhere. However, so I was in Rwanda in, in Africa earlier this year, and there's so many faithful Anglicans out there. I went to the GAFCON meeting, so the primates from 85% of the world's representatives of Anglicans were there, and they were orthodox in their faith. And it reminded me that, in America and England, we spread the gospel around the world. You know, in England, British Empire spread it to the colonies, and mm-hmm. America, likewise.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And now it's time to get those people to return the gospel to us because we have lost it.
0: China is the same way. The people in Iraq and Syria, the Christians that were there, their faith is unlike anything I've yeah. I've ever witnessed in America. Well, maybe it's because they are so persecuted out there. And we're going to get,
3: you were hinting at, we're getting to a point where we might be persecuted for being Christians in the West. So maybe that will strengthen the church.
0: How do we strengthen, if if you're going to a church right now mm. and you have kind of a wishy-washy, how do you strengthen for people who want to stay in their church but they would like to yeah. get it back on track?
3: Yeah, It's difficult. I struggle with this. I landed in America um, a few days ago and I was looking for a church to go to on Sunday. I was looking around. All the Episcopal churches here had female priests, so obviously I couldn't oh, go yeah, to one of them. Man. There was all kinds of wacky stuff. There was a
0: 100% Jesus church, which I don't know what that means, as if all the other <laughs> churches don't have 100% Jesus, maybe eight oh, percent Oh, I went to a I went to a church where, the where I swear to you, with a cross on the steeple, it said, the pastor said, now you all know that I don't believe in God, but. And I was like, what? what? How is that even possible? So 100% Jesus, that's a step Oh, up.
3: this universalism is taking I over. Know. But it was, I mean, there are so many churches, is my point, but it was so difficult to find a good, solid church with sound teaching. That's the problem. So I don't know what the faithful do. If they walk away and say, we're not going to stay here because you're not teaching the Bible, maybe that will leave the corrupt organizations, organizations to continue what they're doing. So maybe that's not the best approach. Maybe stay and fight from within, but then you're not receiving sound teaching. I don't know what the answer is. You optimistic or pessimistic for the West? I have hope because it doesn't matter what happens to the West. This might be the end of the Western civilization as we know it. You know, empires have risen and fallen throughout human history. We have taken for granted that what we have now will always be, but it doesn't need to be. Uh, as long as we maintain our faith, that's what's important. The kingdom to come is what's important. What we are experiencing now, it doesn't really matter. So maybe the West will crumble. We can't cling on to it too tightly. We have to help it as much as we
0: can. We have to advance the kingdom, but we can't make an idol of Western civilization. Yeah, we can't lose our first citizenship to save our second. Absolutely. That's how we of putting it. And, they are, and, and there are many examples of of that. Mm. And it's amazing to me how many Christians <clears throat> who... Claim to be believe in a biblical God, but see the saving of the West is too big of a miracle. We've got to do it, yeah. And it's like, I mean, raising people from the dead that's a little harder than (laughs) you know. Well, I mean, it goes two ways, doesn't it? We have to pray, but we also have to enact things, yeah. We have God works through us, yeah. It's the it's weird. We are we are self hating egomaniacs Mm. so many so much of the time. We either deny the power of of god uh, and think we're all powerful or mm. we we deny any power or any uh you know ability to do anything about yeah. it yeah. and put it all on god where it's it's kind of a little a mixture of both it is yeah there's a massive problem of us trying to make gods of ourselves at the moment so you're going
3: back to england what are you doing um, well, I'm just going back to my church. Uh, so I've always been bivocational. So I've got a parish church that I'm responsible for, and I also had the media stuff. I don't have the media stuff anymore, um, so I don't know what I'm going to be doing next. Um, well, maybe we can help you. There's a, another
0: GB news here,
3: kind of, <laughs> called Blaze. You believe in yes. freedom? You believe in Christ? That's, yes, that's we yes, we do. Yes, we do.
0: Thank you so much, Father. Appreciate it. That's all. God bless. Father Calvin Robinson, Anglican deacon. You can find him at calvinrobinson.com. Calvin Robinson dot com